Welcome to the Dr. Wayne Dyer Radio Podcast. Discover the wisdom and remarkable insights of Dr. Dyer, world-renowned spiritual teacher and foremost authority on how the power of your mind creates your world. Well, I often think, I think, you know, when my mother passed away on the 22nd of July, and I've been thinking about her a lot, just a lot, because we had so many discussions about death. Um, and we made a disagreement that if she, you know that she would contact me and using certain signals and so on, and uh, I kind of, um, but I, I in, in some ways, I mean, I, you know, I miss her and all of that, but in some ways, I'm very envious that uh, this great mystery, this thing that awaits us uh, all, this when we leave these bodies behind, um, that she's now experiencing it, whatever it is for her, if it's nothingness or if it's uh, if she's watching or if she's listening right now or. Or she's incarnated into another body, or maybe she was already in two bodies while she was here. Maybe she does have it. All of these things are, you know, they're they're waiting for all of us. Um, and yet we're, you know, we all know that we're heading there, and we're terrified of it. And yet uh, there's the exciting part prospect of of eternal life and 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 all of that as well. And I think, well, she's she's there now. She's uh, she's experiencing it. And she's right. with me. The a mystery lot has been revealed. Revealed yeah, to, to her. her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm. Well, we've got all our calls yeah. lining up Let's, here, ready uh, to go. We've got so. calls. Let's talk to people. Yeah. Uh, Let's start off Who's with. Here? Uh, Let's go to Staten Island, New York, and uh, Rick is the I first line Island. in the first one in the queue here. Rick, on line one. So, Rick, welcome to the show. You're on with Doctor Dyer today. Uh, great Wayne, Hi, Rick. from Staten Island. I've spoken before. In, uh, I know you have. As soon as she yes. said Staten Island, I said, that's going to be Rick. I know this that's guy. Rick. What's going yes. on? Well, I, first of all, I don't want to get out of the way. I'm happy to hear the way you're talking about Mom. And mm. I'm sure she's happier than we are. Mm. Well, I don't think she could be any happier than I am. <laughs> okay. Well, she usually <laughs> talks me down. I have a yeah. little off-base question for you. I've been... Uh, okay. I'm going to ramble a little, so if I go on a little, just tell me to shut up. I will. Uh, okay. Well, when I was <laughs> a little younger, uh, I'm a plumber, and I worked with a reverend, and he used to tell me about religion, and I used to give him my opinion, and I realized I really had no basis, because I really never read the Bible, I didn't look into it, so I read it twice, and I was able to at least be knowledgeable of what I was able to come back and say to people about religion. Mm-hmm. Uh, then with my spirituality, i seen one of your shows, The Power of Intention, and boy, it changed my life, and I dove into that at first with uh, listening to Jerry and Esther Hicks, and, and it seems like everything I do, I really divulge into it. And from that moment mm-hmm. on, uh, things were manifesting, and things are beautiful, and things are great now. But what happened now with politics that was going on, uh, I wanted to argue about economics and all this, but I realized I really don't know our monetary system. So I started looking into this. And for the last couple of months, it's like I'm getting one step that keeps pulling me in more and more. Like I finally heard about the Federal Reserve. It has nothing to do with our country. Mm-hmm. So our whole monetary system we outsource to a private corporation that we pay money, we pay interest to, to make our money. So I said, wow, I'm 61 years old and I never knew this. And we're actually, how come nobody talks about this? 
So then I found out that banks lend out money having only 10% of, the, of what they sh- supposed to have everything, but they only have, if they have $1,000, they can lend out $10,000 on that thousand. Right. And then when you sign a note and say, I owe you 10000 they can do 10 times that. And that's, and that's the legal amount, but they've been doing 20, 30, 40, 50. The part that bothers me is this has been going on for hundreds of years, and it's not that we picked a uh, a bad if we picked a bad system and this was just the outcome, it's oh, look, we'll have to switch. But from everything I investigated, it's like this is a calculated situation going on in all the major countries, and it's been going on. And but what? Okay, we've got. I'm gonna. You told me to tell you if you ramble yeah, too much. Okay, so you're so going, my, my what is the? Is, but what is the question? Because it sounds like there's a lot of fear in there and a lot of worry well, about what's going to happen. Fear. Is it's there? Like, a, does this actually be 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 a calculated move by a certain group of people for hundreds of years, and we don't know about it? I mean, should is it? To me, it's very. Uh, I don't know. It's almost scary that this could be going on. That. No president, Republican, Democrat tells us about this issue. I mean, this is our whole monetary system being manipulated by a private corporation, a group of men. Yeah, and there's a lot of that. And there's, a, there's a lot of that. I think there's a lot of things that, uh, you know, that that are going on that uh, if we really, if we try to understand them, I mean, we, if you look at these these huge, huge bank failures and the, the, these companies that are too big to fail and all of that. But you know what, uh, Rick, that, that stuff can drive you nuts. I mean, if you can start getting paranoid about it and thinking that, well, uh, you know, and, you know, this is a, this is a conspiracy that's been going on for, for hundreds of years. Um, you know, it, it makes great, great stories for novels, but to well, me, it's, it's, it's that's, that's the, that's the thing, Wayne. If, if you really look into it and Google this and this fact and that fact, it, it's truly the way I do, the way I turn it spiritually is I say that this is a, a peaking of greed that's finally going to come to an end. It's just an evolution of consciousness, being able to put down all this greed and finally living as a one. Yeah, and, one I, and, world. and that's where yeah that and that's what I would recommend that you that you use your mind and your consciousness to to just say, look, there's all kinds of stuff going on out there that uh, that I don't know much about. Um, there's an awful lot of money that's being invested uh, invested in uh, in the selling of weapons all over the all over the planet. I mean, you know, we've got more weapons than we have people on the planet. We're just constantly, you know, coming up with new ways to kill each other and to make it more convenient and and easier to do. Um, there's, um, you know, I was talking to my daughter about this this morning before we went to yoga early this morning, and you know that uh, that half of our population, a third of our population, is is obese, and uh, about seventy or eighty percent of our population is taking four or five prescriptions uh, every single day uh, to, to take care of. All. I mean, there's so much out there uh, that we could allow ourselves to get just crazy about, in, including what's going on in Washington, which could drive all of, anybody nuts. Um, I think the best thing that we can do is become become instruments of God, become loving, divine loving beings. And if enough of us reach a critical mass, then all of these other cabals and all of these yeah. uh, you know conspiracies mm-hmm. and so on won't make a difference. Because in the right. end, uh, you know, there's a line that says, "Nature always bats last." You know, God God bats last, um, and you know, it's like, and I think, 
you know, I tend to look at at all of it as a system that um, is going to evolve to a place where we stop hating each other and we yeah. decide that we're going to love each other well, and stop trying I'm to rip each other out. I'm almost sitting back and and watching and enjoying. Yeah. I, I really think that's the whole 212 thing and everything. That there's a flip that's taking place where this greed that we had to come to to know what we don't want. Yeah. The greed is a huge issue. It's a it's it's a yeah. huge issue. It's the it's the instrumentation of the of the ego. That's what that's what it is. A greed, greed and ego they they go together. It's always it's always about me. I need more. Uh, yeah, I'm more important than the other guy. Every person. That's all they yeah. care about. But it's our go our governments, our businesses, and so on. But you know what? There are people who don't, and right. um, and there and I'm one of them who who and gives he, away more than he gets <laughs> and is not con and, and tries to teach something about you know about divine love. But we got to go, my friend. All right, I'm going to send you a copy. Day, of, I don't see. I don't know if you've seen my greatest teacher yet. The movie about my father, myself, and my father, and no. uh, a reenactment of it. But we're going to send you one too. So leave your address, and we'll put one in the mail to you. Cool. Thanks, man. Th thanks for your call. God bless you, man. Namaste. You too. And let's see if we can fit in one more call here, going to sure. Dallas, and let's talk to Melanie, and she's on line three. And welcome to the Hi. show, Melanie. Hi. Hi. Hi, Doctor Dyer. I talked to you Hi. a long time. I talked to you last year when I was in the Santa Fe, and you were helping with the rain. Oh yes, remember that yes. when it was thundering? I do. You I do. do. Okay. Pray, pray rain. Don't. Yeah, we're don't praying pr rain, and I did it ever since. And it was, it was, it, we had a lot of rain since then. Yeah, you pray you know? rain. It's a very interesting kind. Of, instead of praying for rain, uh, pray rain. You know, in other I words, become. Rain. Yeah, I was trying to become rain, and I did it here in Dallas, and it started raining again. So it's good. Oh, yeah. Anyways, I, I don't want to. I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to keep up. Um, keep you. You know. Anyways, I'm rambling. Um, <laughs> I had to move back from Santa Fe to Dallas to take care of my mother, who's on hospice. Mm. And um, I've I've listened to your last couple of shows when you were talking about yeah. your mother and that she passed mm. and everything. Yeah. And I read Anita's book. And I've been studying mm. you and studying a lot of authors at Hay House for about the last 10 years. And Anita's book helped a lot. It and is, my, doesn't it? Mm. My, yeah, it was a wonderful book. It's and called Dying to Be Me, if you haven't yeah, read it. Yeah, Dying to Be Me was wonderful. Mm. And um, the situation is my me and my mother have never been close. She's 82, and she's very, very ill, and she wants to die at home. So I decided um, I couldn't leave her by herself at the house. So I... I made the move here but she's a very negative she's very mean spirited um she's in a lot of fear even though the hospice nurses and all of us are telling her to let go and she's taking mm -hmm. care of all of her affairs but she's just holding on to something i she's she's a catholic and i don't know if it has something to do with she has to suffer she won't take her pain medicine mm -hmm. but my question is I've been studying, you know, I'm, I'm trying to be very spiritual. I, I give back to people all the time because of the stuff that you've, that I've, you know, I've listened to you do. Mm -hmm. And it's really, really hard to try to stay positive living with such a negative person. And she's been mm -hmm. like this her whole life. This this is not right. any, anything tell me, new. Tell me this, this Melanie, because of our, our time. Yeah. Um, when, you, when you are with your mother, um, uh, what what where is she is she in a bed and where are you um just describe um, the physical thing real quickly oh well we're in a town home and she's right. she's in a bed that they put it in the living room because she can't right. get upstairs and i and live when you talk upstairs 
Okay, and when you talk to her, though, when you communicate with her, uh, where do you go? Down to the living room. And, and that's where she is? That's where she's living, yeah. Yeah, and when you talk to her, uh, how far away from her are you? Uh, within about five feet, four feet. Mm-hmm. Do you ever touch her? N- no, very seldom. No, I know, I know that, and, and you need to. Um, okay. I want you to try something today. Okay. Um, I want you to, when you talk to your mother, I want you to take both of her hands in your hand and, um, and forget about her mean spiritedness and forget about her anger and forget about all of the things that, uh, that are poisonous, you know, that you can recall about for all the reasons why you have this sort of, uh, you know, unhappy relationship or sad relationship. Uh, and just, and just be an instrument of divine love for your mother today. Just, just hold her hand. And just uh, and listen to whatever she has to say, and and try to ask her about herself. How do you feel? Um, you know, it's just like in other words, don't think about her mean spirit. And no, and no matter what it is that she says, no matter what it is she says, and and, and would she be willing to uh, to listen to Anita's book? No, I brought. I she actually have... brought the book to her, and she didn't want mm-hmm. to look at it. I thought that would yeah. help her. It would. It would. It's recorded. I think that's what she, she said. She's not scared of dying, but I know she is. Yeah, it's not. It's recorded, and um, I would get a copy of it as quickly as you can. In fact, we'll 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 FedEx one out to you if you leave your address. I, do you have a copy okay. of that? Don't we, Diane? Now, sure, the, we uh, have the, the audio. The audio book. on the book on book. Let's just send it to, to Melanie, um, okay, and a copy you. of My Greatest Teacher. But I want you to. I've got I, all your I, other I want, stuff. Yeah, I want you to. I want you to touch her. I just kept something kept saying to me, she needs to be touched. She, she still needs to leave with uh, an expression of divine love coming from from her daughter, and okay. and I know that it's going to be hard for you to do that, but do it anyway. Do it anyway. Okay. Thanks for your call today. God bless you. Thank you. Namaste. Yeah. And Let's we'll be right you. back with some more calls and Dr. Wayne Dyer coming up. Master the Art of Manifestation. Welcome to Wishes Fulfilled with Dr. Wayne Dyer. Welcome back to the show. Remember, you can find out about all of Dr. Wayne Dyer's upcoming events on his website. Go to drwaynedyer.com. And also make sure you follow Dr. Dyer on Facebook and Twitter. So going back to the phones, let's see. Yeah, let me just say one thing, Diane, about to Melanie. I was thinking about it on the break. Sure. Is that when you're holding her hand... um, Try to tell her as many things as you can about what you like. You know, whatever it is that you go back all the way back into your childhood or whatever. Um, just focus on um, telling her the things about her that you remember, that you like, the time that she was considerate, the time that you had this dinner together, whatever it might be. Just um, instead of focusing on what's wrong and her mean spiritedness and so on. Uh, try to try to uh, get her to be in a state of uh, of joy and and fulfillment. You know, that's all. Well, a okay? lot of powerful things can happen when you have a conversation at that time, and and I'll always remember yes. the the conversations I had with with my mother in that last mm. week, and the things we talked about, and we did crossword puzzles, yeah. and you know, just spent time together, mm. and and it was really beautiful. And you know, we may have had our differences in right. the past, but I always treasure that that time. Well, I, I remember this from my from being with my own mother the last time I was with her, uh, or the last few times, um, 
and uh, she you know, she went to hold my hand, and I remember pulling back, and I thought there's some subconscious thing in me that is still maybe a little bit upset about, uh, you know, her uh, putting my, myself and my brother into these homes when we were kids or whatever. It's like it's nothing that I think about or that I'm angry about or anything. I understand all of the reasons why it happened, but uh, and I saw I felt myself pull away, and I thought. Um, the, the the last thing I want to do is have any kind of communication um, uh, with my mother uh, that isn't, uh, you know, just isn't loving and forgiving and, and just caring. And forgiveness is a very, very important part of the uh, process. And it was just a few weeks before she died that I, if I had any leftover resentments or angers or whatever, I just let it all go in the name of just, just being in a place of divine love. Right. So, so healing. And yeah. we have so many great calls. It's hard to pick. But uh, let me grab Gabrielle, and she's calling from Missouri on line five. And thanks for holding, Gabrielle. You're on with Dr. Dyer. Well, thank you. I feel very fortunate right now to be talking with you all, including you, Dr. Dyer. Thank uh, you. Me a... too. <laughs> great. Hey, I have a couple of questions. Um, one um, is really kind of brief, and it relates to your mother. The other one is more about... Um, your experience with your doctor, uh, when the oncologist that you see periodically. So I hope that mm -hmm. we can talk about both. Sure. Uh, okay, thanks. Uh, so I remember um, a little while back, you were uh, a few shows back, you were talking about your mother, and you were telling the story about uh, when you were a little boy, I think maybe 10 or 11, and you were eating this cake, and you find, you ended up eating it all. Right. Then you had to go <laughs> buy it. And then I guess you right. made it, if I recall correctly, then you had to make it look like it did when you first started to eat. Right. I ate, I ate another piece out of it, so I ate, I ate an entire cake, right? Yes. And big so, ones from San, Saunders uh, Bakery in, in Detroit. Yeah, so but I remember that you telling this story, and it left me with a question. And so my question is kind of like the rest of the story. I don't remember the details of what you said. Your mother ended up knowing about it, but I don't know how she knew about it, but you did that. Oh, I didn't tell. I didn't tell her till uh, years later. Oh, I see. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So she didn't know might... all that time. No, she didn't know that at all. She just came home, and the cake was exactly the way it was uh, before she, uh, you know, when she left in the morning. I can still see that little refrigerator and the cake tin and the, the whole thing uh, right now in that moment. Oh, well, that's that's. Mm. I love it. I love that story, Doctor Dyer. I appreciate you telling. She me. loved that story too. She used to tell that story all the time, you know. But uh, I was. Uh, yeah, I, I I guess I was a sugar freak at that time because to eat a whole cake. But then I used to eat a dozen jelly donuts sometimes after delivering newspapers in the morning, a whole dozen of them. And I remember when my uh, my wife and I got married, she had a, a seven-year-old daughter. Uh, and uh, I brought her, I adopted her, and she came in over to the, you know, we were at the house, and I brought her home some jelly donuts. And... Um, there was like three or four of them in a bag. And to me, that was like the nicest thing I could have ever done in my life to anybody. I just loved jelly donuts with, <laughs> with the sugar on them in the morning. Uh, and she looked at them and she had, she just thought that they were ridiculous. And I know she put them in the garbage, you know, in the garbage pail. Didn't say anything. She just dumped them into the garbage. And I, <laughs> I went through the, gar the garbage and ate each one of those jelly donuts. And she still, my daughter Stephanie still recalls that. She said, I just couldn't believe who was this man that was now my father that, <laughs> that would actually go through the garbage and eat a jelly donut. I said, well, he, he's one that lived in an orphanage. <laughs> so. <laughs> Just That's thinking of that one. makes me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. 
Well, yeah. uh, thanks, thanks for another good story. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my other question is, that um, relates to your, um, when you visit the oncologist that you've mentioned on a, at least once on a previous program. Dan, Dan Vicario. He's in the, yeah, he's in Carlsbad, California. Mm-hmm. Um, what I, I'm, I'm curious to know, um, because of my own version of stuff, uh, what that, that interaction, that visit is like. Do you entertain, do you, what do you talk about? Do you ha- do the tests and stuff like that? That, I haven't uh, seen him. I haven't seen him in uh, uh, since the uh, since the John of God experience. I haven't seen him in person. Um, I've seen him. I've talked to him on the on the phone, and I've e- e- emailed a few few times uh, with him. Uh, in fact, when I did the uh, the Oprah show not too long ago, they, they had to have evidence that I had leukemia because they thought I might have made it up. I said, "Who in the world would make up and go out and and say on national television that they've got leukemia when they don't?" I don't know. That. But anyway. I had to contact him then. Um, the times that I did visit him, he did do the blood tests, and he would give me, you know, give me the results back. Um, and his whole thing was with the kind of leukemia that I have, that I had, um, is um, uh, it's, uh, one of the treatments for it is basically watch and wait. Um, it's there's, unless you want to do bone marrow transplant or unless you want to do chemo. Um, and I, I made the decision that I didn't. But after my experience with John of God, and then after seeing him in person in, at, at the Omega Institute last September, when he looked at me and said, you are well, you are healed, um, I have had no contact with any uh, any any uh, medical uh, kind of uh, uh, tests or anything like that. I haven't checked my blood. I haven't uh, gone in and, and had them tell me whether it's getting my white blood count is up or down. I've just stopped all of that, and it's been um, about a year and a half now. And I go, I just live my life on the basis of how I feel. And I feel great, and I say I am well, I am perfect health. I do yoga like four or five times a week, 90 minutes of intense yoga. I swim uh, between 30 and, and, and 60 minutes every single day in the ocean. I walk every day, I meditate every day, and I, I watch what I eat. I don't, uh, I don't put uh, toxic foods into my body. Um, I don't eat meat. I don't eat dairy, um, and I just uh, I just live every day, and I'm going to live until I'm called, and that's Very basically good. the way I'm dealing with this. I feel I feel terrific, and I my affirmation every night before as I go off to sleep is, I am well, I am well. It's in Wishes Fulfilled. Have you read Wishes Fulfilled? Um, I must confess that I've only read a portion of it, and that was because I had to return it to the library. Oh well, good. We're going to send you your own copy today. Okay. Um, so leave your leave your address. I really want you to uh, I want you to look at that because you'll see when you get into the final chapters in there about the importance of being able to say after the words I am, which are the name of God, um, was the name that God gave to Moses when he asked him his name. My name is I am that I am. Uh, so every time you say I am, you're saying the name of God. So if you say I am sick, I am weak, I am depressed, I am sad, you're actually blaspheming the name of God, you know. Uh, it says in the, in the Bible, "Let the weak man say, I am strong, and call things do not that do not yet exist as though they did.' And that's how I treat it. That's how I, I deal with it. And um, I don't know if that answers your question. And when I see Dan, um, my my oncologist, who's a beautiful spiritual man, um, <clears throat> we go to the uh, the last time I saw him, we went to the Yogananda uh, Gardens there in uh, near Carlsbad. 
And we sat there in the gardens where he originally, he started his ashram uh, back in the 1940s. And um, we just walked through the gardens and just sort of felt the spirit of, uh, of this beautiful divine soul who's, who's like a soulmate to me, you know, Yogananda, and his teacher, Sri Yukteswar. So that's what we do, and we just we just talk um, we just talk about the innate capacity that each and every one of us has to uh, to heal ourselves. And I sometimes spend when I see him when I was seeing him, I would spend time talking to some of his uh, uh, patients who who have uh, more advanced kinds of, ca of cancer in their body. So. Have you read Very "Dying good. to Be Me"? Yes, I have read that, and I. Mm. I found it very, very interesting and um, inspiring, and I, I prior to reading it, I've had an opportunity to do a lot of thinking, and I uh, definitely um, understood some of the things that Anita was saying. Uh, there were other things that kind of a little difficult to grasp, mm. but uh, very, very, it was a good read. I'm glad I read it, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It's very powerful. Yeah. And it's uh, and you know it really doesn't matter what we believe anyway, does it? I mean, it's just what it is. Um, so uh, it's uh, our beliefs and our disbeliefs are all things that just sort of get in the way. It's like you know, Tilopa said it best in the 10th century: "Have a mind that's open to everything, and attached to nothing." You know, just Ooh, be I open. Like it. Yeah, yeah, be open to all things and attached nowhere. Yeah. Good. And I'm going to listen so I can get that quote down. I'm going to listen to the replay so I can get that quote down right. I so appreciate uh, this conversation with you, Dr. Dyer. I really do, because um, um, I, I am inspired. I am feeling right now, now as though I am healed. Um, you've just made my path real clear. I mm. thought that's what I was seeing. You've made it real clear, and I am so, so appreciative of that. Thank you. See, I like the way you say I am. I am appreciative. I am well. I am con this is this is the name this is like the highest self, the name of the highest self within you. I am. So, you know, use it always with uh, knowing that God is speaking and so, you know, God would never say I am weak. You know, when Moses when Moses asked God what was his name, he didn't say my name is I hope things will work out for you. <laughs> he said my name is I am that. I am. Yeah. We're going to send you Wishes Fulfilled and a copy also of, uh, of a very important movie called My Greatest Teacher about forgiveness. God bless you in Missouri, the show Thank me you. state. Thank yeah. you. And bless you also. Thanks. Thanks, Namaste. Gabrielle. And I, I've been to that meditation garden. It's beautiful. Have you? Yeah, I love it. You know, I bring people. It overlooks that, the cliff. So it overlooks. It's so beautiful. It yeah. is. I, and I always bring mm -hmm. people that are visiting and go, oh, you have to, mm -hmm. you have to just go and you know, spend a few minutes here and just take it all in, mm -hmm. and everybody well, loves it. Well, there's a meditation, there's a statue of uh, St. Francis in there, and um, and uh, Saint, Saint, Yogananda it was very, very close to St. Saint, Saint Francis. He, he quoted him frequently, and, and I've read uh, a lot of his stuff lately, The Divine Romance, I just I just finished recently. Um, and he's, he speaks so much about St. Saint Francis, and St. Francis, as you know, was a huge influence in my life. I've been to a CC three times, I wrote a book there. Yes. Um, um, so, you know, be, it, I just go to that statue where, where St. Francis is in those gardens and I just meditate and it's like something just comes over me. I, I feel like Yogananda just comes into my body. And, yeah, I think he's there. Yeah, <laughs> it's I do a beautiful too. place. Yep. He's everywhere. Yeah. Uh, well, let's uh, okay. get a few more people. Let's go to sure. uh, Sharon in Boston, Massachusetts. She's on line 10. And Sharon, thanks for holding. Welcome to the show. 
Hi, I'm so excited to get through. Thank you so much for taking my call. Hi, Sharon. Hi, how are you? you? Um, I'm great, thanks. Great. Um, A couple things I wanted to say. I am a hospice volunteer, and I do Reiki and angelic readings for the dying and the caregivers. And Mm. I've seen you a couple times, and I've been listening and listening in the last probably three months, and been trying to get through every week just to sort of touch Mm. base with you. So I'm really touched by your experiences and the way you're sharing it about your mom. Um, I was have you mom. have you read the, have you read Dying to Be Me? I uh, actually haven't, and I took her, I'm in the middle of taking her Hay House classes, so I, I'm loving. Oh, it. wonderful! Oh, and, um, we're gonna. Oh, you're doing the the seminar, the one I, I did it the first week. Yeah, first week, she, and I find myself gravitating to anything and everything on this topic because I'm also trying to write a book, and it's titled. It's somewhat titled. It's titled Sacred Time, and it's sort of about... Mm. It's, it's actually, it's funny, your opening conversation about time and space. Yes. It's something that I've experienced, and it's hard to put into words, but when I'm with families, and when I was with my mother and my father-in-law and doing this sacred kind of work, I don't even feel like it's time. I don't even feel like it's work. It's hard to put it into mm. words. But what I have found is, and I, I know why I probably got called to this, is that it's pure love. And it's just the other caller who called in with her mother. And when I've experienced that with other family members, I usually try to just guide them and say it's okay to have whatever you feel. Just leave those feelings at the door if you can and realize that you can get mad at her after or you can do your forgiveness work later. But right now, just be present with her. Just be loving. And when you said to touch her, I'm like, I have to call in. I have to call in because a lot mm. of times I'll just sit and hold people's hands. Yeah, that's what I, I, that I so feel. felt. I had such an image of um, oh. of of her needing to do that. That uh, I, and I don't know why. I just trust those images when they come. It was like, you know, you're sitting five feet away. You know, um, and it, the just, energy of love and touch is so forgotten mm. and so palpable. It's so powerful. I've seen it over and over again, and even even when people have energy emerge that's anger or frustration, that's all okay, too, if it's honest, but um, it's just such a beautiful thing, and I, my mother's spirit came to me the night before her funeral, and she sort of, you know, she asked me to do a eulogy on Mother's Day and, you know, just asked me to do certain things prior to, and we had a lot of forgiveness work, and we weren't like, you know, like every mother and daughter, like every mm-hmm. mother and child, and sure. during the process, we just did the forgiveness work, and we just had so many honest conversations and deep, meaningful, we just made the best of that time, even though we knew mm. her physical body was leaving, we were so in touch with each other's spirit that I just want everyone to be able to know they can do that. I <laughs> just... It's so uh, that's so nice of you. Know, when I when I think about hospice volunteers, I, I, the first word that comes to my mind is saint. Mm-hmm. Um, the, you people, the the work that you do, I, I, I watched how how you worked with my mom, and mm-hmm. and she lived in a place where you know it was an assisted living center, so there were a lot of uh, a lot of people in their in their nineties. So the death was a very much a part of it. You know, you'd have right. breakfast with someone one way. I mean, my mother was perfectly healthy and playing bingo and everything like four or five days before she died. And all of a sudden she got called, you yeah. know, and the, the hospice people said, this is the process. This is what happens. We can, we can sense it and we can know it. 
right. and they were just so loving and so such a such a wonderful thing. And um, if we were to put her in a hospital, they would have had to put tubes into her, and they would have had to extend her life to as, for some reason. They would have to you know they'd have to feed her because she couldn't feed herself, mm. uh, and just keep her alive you know under on artificial means for a few extra weeks or days or whatever it would. And she had always said she didn't want that. So with hospice, they just um, they just sit there and they just they're just a loving presence. They're like angels guiding them uh, into the next uh, into the next world. I just I have so yeah. much respect for what you do. I want to send you a copy uh, today of uh, Anita's book, Dying oh, to Be Me. You, you need to really oh, read I can't that. I read it. I can't. Yeah, you, you, you're going to love that. We're going to put one in the mail to you, and uh, you. and also my it's greatest teacher, which is a, oh. a wonderful film. Thank you. Well, thank you. I love your call, and I love the way you talk with, when you talk, say things are hard. Yeah, <laughs> from my Boston accent. <laughs> yes, I love that. <laughs> That's great. I saw you in Florida too, in Tampa, uh, twice. At oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We're going to be up. We're going to be up in New York in um, in November, the day in the day uh, on the November the third. And then on the fourth, uh, we're going to do. I'm going to fly down to Florida. And we're doing a memorial service and an early Thanksgiving with mm. my entire family and everyone. Uh, so we're all going to get together and do a memorial service for for my mom. I have a feeling she's going to be there. Oh yeah, you'll have your signs. Watch for your signs. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. What a lovely oh. call. What a beautiful soul you are. God bless you. Oh, thank you, thank you. I'm just mm. so glad that you talk about it so much because it's just so important. Yeah. I just talk about whatever's going on inside me. I don't even know how to run this show any other way. <laughs> to find out more about Dr. Wayne Dyer or any other Hay House author, please visit hayhouse.com. Thank you for listening.